This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast. On the show, our team of industry experts interviews contingency fee attorneys. You will discover everything from how they got started to the secrets of their success and what's working in today's marketplace. And now, here's the Case Closed Podcast. Well, folks, we have another uh, session of the Case Closed Podcast with Mr. Ryan Byers. Mr. Byers, introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Max. My name, as was said, is Ryan Byers. I am part of the law firm of Ramelkamp Bradney, located primarily in Jacksonville, Illinois, but practicing all throughout uh, Springfield and points west to the river, much of the same territory that uh, one Mr. Abraham Lincoln covered when he was an attorney. Well, there you go. Uh, Are you honest like Abe? (laughs) I certainly try my best. All right. Where did you go to school? I got my bachelor's degree at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign back in 2004, followed that up with my Juris Doctor at the Michigan State University College of Law in 2007. So you got uh, 17 years in, well, 16 years in. Yeah, 15, 16, somewhere in there. I was, I was licensed for the first time in Illinois in late 2007 after passing the bar. What is the most famous case you've had? Uh, nothing that's made uh, national news uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but the one that I tend to talk about that is in the public record um, that I wish would have made bigger headlines uh, is we had a small liberal arts college in our area, uh, and they were sued effectively with the plaintiffs being former students who were not Uh, in their opinion, educated well enough and could not receive jobs. And even though the plaintiffs in their complaint did not use these words, um, the term that is used in case law to describe that sort of situation is educational malpractice. So we had this educational malpractice claim against a small liberal arts college, and it was at a time when states throughout the union appellate courts, state Supreme courts were coming out with opinions that said, we are not going to uh, recognize educational malpractice as a viable cause of action. And I was reading those cases and I was thinking to myself, all right, Illinois does not have that appellate court case on the books yet. I'm looking real forward to taking this up and making some law in the state of Illinois. And we prevailed at the trial court. The plaintiffs took it up on appeal And unfortunately, in Illinois, uh, at least at the time, it's changed a bit now, the appellate courts have the ability to issue unpublished opinions, uh, which you can read uh, publicly available but don't have precedential value. Uh, And unfortunately, that's how the appellate court decided to dispose of it in an unpublished opinion. But then about a year later, uh, the appellate courts in Illinois did come down in an opinion in a different case and said, 
uh, we don't recognize educational malpractice. So I, I'd like to think I laid some of the groundwork there, but who knows what was actually in their heads. What's the biggest frustration you have as a practicing lawyer? Oh, I think that it's not uncommon or particularly uh, groundbreaking for anybody to say that it is uh, very difficult to achieve that work-life life balance that everybody would like to have. Uh, I have a, a retired partner who was my mentor when I first started practicing law, and he liked to use a phrase that even he and I will too uh, preface by saying it was not the most a politically correct phrase in the world, uh, but he said that you know the law is a jealous mistress, and wow. there are there are things that all of us would like to do in our lives uh, to become satisfied professionally, uh, and there are things that all of us in our lives would like to do to be satisfied uh, personally, and I have spent many an hour uh, trying to strike the balance between those two things. What's the best advice you've gotten other than that? that <laughs> yeah, I, I think that one of the things that I was taught early on in my career uh, by that same gentleman I just mentioned and all of the senior partners when I started at our firm is that uh, you can put your name on a billboard, uh, you can put your name on a website, you can get a really active Twitter account, um, you can appear on the Case Closed podcast and every other podcast uh, that's out there under the sun. But at the end of the day, the best advertising that you can do for yourself is to do good, solid legal work for your client. And yes, you can get a marketing machine behind you, but at the end of the day, people care about results. And in particular, in a smaller, more rural area like I'm in, it's that word of mouth that will carry you very far. Um, how many cases do you handle? I just had to do an inventory of these because I was uh, getting ready to go on what at least I think was a much deserved vacation. <laughs> and I had to make sure you know, that everything was uh, parceled out while I was overseas. And I believe I counted that at least as of a month ago, I had about 75 active files in various stages. And again, being in a smaller community, you know, that's quite a range. Um, you know, that's a, a range of cases where damages might be, you know, in the seven figures, uh, all the way down to, you know, handling some cases that are smaller four-figure cases just to help out somebody who's a larger, more established client. Uh, what's the largest uh, uh, verdict you've gotten? You know, I don't know of a significant verdict offhand because most of our cases do settle. Um, I think that the the largest settlement that I've been able to achieve at this juncture has been in the low three hundred thousand dollar range. How long does it take to get to court? At least where I'm at, um, you know, I'm central Illinois, mostly dealing in state court, not dealing so much in federal court. Um, there are a variety of different factors. I would say the, you know, in a personal injury context, the quickest that I've gotten a case to trial has been about 18 months. Uh, and that's a situation where liability was clear. The issue was damages. 
you know, we really only had, I think, two or three different physicians involved and the all the stars lined up where we could get the physicians deposed relatively quickly. You know, so I'd say 18 months on the low end. Uh, there are always outliers that may, might take five or six years, but I, I would think three is more realistic. So you know, 18 months to three years is probably that sweet spot to get things from preliminary stages all the way through a trial. Though, again, the vast majority of cases that I'm seeing these days are settling before they get to the point of trial. On your PI cases, do you have a nurse summarize the medicals? How do you get your medical summarized? Yeah, we in the past, unfortunately, we no longer have her, but we had a paralegal um, who had a nursing background. And if there are any attorneys out there who are listening, uh, I would uh, you know, recommend that you look for one of those because that made things uh, remarkably simple. But at this point, uh, until I find that next unicorn who's got a similar background and is willing to uh, come to work for us, I'm actually spending some time doing it myself, uh, and I'm pushing the less complicated cases down to administrative staff in the office that I'm working hand in glove with. Interesting. Are you aware that there is a, a now technology that can summarize a record more accurately than a human? Someone has created AI for lawyers to summarize medical records and can summarize significantly more accurately than humans, 5,000 pages in an hour. Yeah, I have certainly heard that you know AI is breaking into the field. Um, I can't say as though I've had any opportunities to employ it yet myself, but you know, we're always looking for any sort of technology that can uh, aid us and make us more efficient in the practice. Fantastic. So tell people why they should hire you in Central Illinois versus any other attorney who does the type of work you do. Sure. I think that in talking to some of my clients in the past, uh, the things that people have appreciated uh, about their relationship with me is that I, I try to be very responsive. Um, if you call my office, yes, I do keep a busy schedule. So you, know, you might not hear directly from me when you first call in, uh, but I do attempt to touch base with everybody in no more than 48 hours after they've made a call. And I do try to provide periodic, uh, well, I don't try to, I do because it's a, an ethical requirement that I have under the, the rules of professional conduct. But, you know, I provide periodic updates to clients that come from, you know, my own hand written by me. And I think that um, when I have talked to folks who have become dissatisfied with their attorneys, it often boils down to situations where, uh, there's lack of communication and there's frustration because they feel as though you know their file has been accepted and it's been ignored uh, or their file has been accepted by one attorney and then it's just been you know passed down to less senior attorneys to support staff etc and i'm not saying i don't utilize support staff and less senior attorneys to make my work more efficient but really i like to keep a personal touch in all these matters and make sure that folks can reach me when and if they need to reach me well folks if you're in central illinois and you get injured in an auto accident a slip and fall a dog bite 
You've got someone who actually will communicate with you, which on the defense side, when I was practicing, uh, attorneys always got in trouble down here for not communicating well. Uh, you need to hire Ryan because he's bright and he actually fulfills his ethical duties to you. So thank you for appearing on the Case Closed podcast, and I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, and you have a good weekend as well. Stay on. Thank you for listening to another episode of Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and their insight. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast is led by industry experts who unlock insights from the nation's top contingency fee attorneys. Each week on the show, the guests share how they got started, secrets of their success, and what's working in today's marketplace. Guests on the Case Closed Podcast include successful contingency fee attorneys that will share their secrets so you can close more cases. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation about winning legal strategies that will grow your business. 